You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi. Hi, Jackie. Hi. ¿Cómo estás? Oh, muy bien. Gracias. ¿Y tú? Bien, bien. Gracias. And there uh, we're going to we do go. this entire episode in, <laughs> in Espanol because we're super good at it. <laughs> well, I do live in Texas and you live in Arizona. So it's kind of the same thing. Well, it's funny, actually. And I had this conversation with a few of my family members because they always kind of make fun of me because I am not uh, fluent in Spanish. But I've been using one of those apps, the um, which is the one called, please, um, Babbel. Yes. So I've been working on my uh, Spanish skills and I feel as though I was better the last time I went to Mexico um, just because I could understand a little bit more about like what was being said, not just kind of putting certain words together and going, I think what he's asking is this or what she's asking is that. Um, so, yeah. Last Anyhow. time I was in Mexico, I, it, I got worse because I was with someone that was better at Spanish. So then I literally just did not. Shut talk down. at all just mm-hmm. pointed at things and then pointed to my phone the same way I was in Spain where I'm like I'm not going to even try this will make it just less fun for me well I so I've been to Spain I, I so my nephew did a semester a semester abroad in Madrid and I went to visit him and he is fluent in Spanish but not in Castilian Spanish so being in Spain was very interesting for him because they couldn't understand him and he could not understand them <laughs> and that lisp Yes, because of the lisp, the cerveza. Um, Not happy. But it is funny, and because <laughs> they're like, you think about it, and you're like, it's it's that whole the you know little dialects of different populations. But we did get by. We were able to order food and whatnot, and get where we needed to go without too many detours. Which <laughs> so it worked uh, you out. know awkwardly leads us to our topic today, Katie. It does. It sure does. So, by the way. Um, <laughs> Welcome. (laughs) Here we go. This is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. And welcome to the AF (laughs) podcast. Um, Welcome. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, women being underrepresented in certain things that very much impact them, whether that be medical things. So this is not so much work related per se, but it kind of is. And I, the way I type, I'm going to tie it back to work very loosely with, you know, when you're thinking about benefits and, and those of you that do benefits for organizations, these are good things to keep in mind when you're trying to do um, preventative measures. So your employees are safe and healthy and are able to come to work, but Jackie, go, go for Jackie. Well, you know, the world just wasn't made for us. And the thing is, is that the world wasn't necessarily made for women and it definitely wasn't made for black people and there's things that we just kind of accept as normal that we probably could have done a different way if we would have explored it that's why the language kind of goes into play because it's like you can get away with speaking english in most places and it just wasn't but someone from france maybe can't get away with just you know speaking the language other places so i think it's interesting as we adapt to the world as it is today that was maybe did not have you in mind absolutely and so you know i so jackie and i've been reading or listening to i should say i've been listening to i think you're well you're listening to it as well um and it's called invisible women and it's by um carolyn 
Criado Perez, who, if you're not following on Instagram, I highly recommend. I actually, she's, I think more on Twitter, um, but great book that she wrote. It's called Invisible Women. And it's basically some of the things that she talks about. And we just had a little, we were playing a little game, not a fun game, but a little game before we started recording about the fact that there are so many places where women are an afterthought. And, and really we're just talking about gender, but as Jackie just said, like it's also the ethnicity, it's the dis people with disabilities, it's all these other people. And then also language and all of these other factors that come in, into play from just a dimensions of diversity. But when you are thinking about it in regards to healthcare and in regards to some of the things that we now know, um, you know, I think the one that a lot of folks are aware of is crash test dummies. Um, and that is what that's an experiment, you know, that, you know, they use crash test dummies in kind of every country to really determine what impact would be had if you had a front collision or a side collision or a whatever collision, or if your air that or your tire, you know, ruptured, whatever it might be. So these different things that they do in the making of cars. But if you start to dig in on how cars are actually made, it's the crash test dummies from an accident perspective but it's also seat belts and it's seats and how, you know, women's bodies are different. And so all of the testing that they have done for years and years has been with the average males size, like height and weight right. yep. and how that impacts women and children. And, you know, I think we've seen some changes with like, Hey, don't put your kids in the front seat, put them in the back seat, you know, rear facing um, car seats, things like that for children, but they're still, a, a lot of companies are still just using uh, the average male to really test these different things in cars. So well, cars are not made like for women. seat belts. Like, are they made for someone who's a 40 double D? I don't think no. so. No. And that's, that's, so that's the whole thing they were talking. One of the pieces is, you know, they don't have breasts, you know, on the crash test dummies. They don't account for women that are pregnant. They don't account for all these different things. And then, you know, I mean, I can remember distinctly my sisters when they were pregnant, literally putting the top strap behind their back. Yes. Cause it like they're, you know, it didn't work on their boobs and it didn't work on their belly. And so it's just a whole thing. So one point here's something else crazy. Always. I so always do chemicals in makeup. The FDA came out with a study in 2017 that there's more chemicals in makeup created for women of color than there is for white women. What? Like, I'm mm -hmm. so mad at stuff like that. That makes mm -hmm. me so, like, that's not necessary, is it? No. And I, and I think for years and years, we've had that whole like, oh, well, if it was tested on animals. We're not going to use it and all these things. But there's also like, there's so many chemicals and makeup period. And to your point, yeah, for women of color, it's even worse as per usual with everything. And it is like the, okay, this isn't really safe to put on your face. And, and you make some assumptions that, you know, oh, your exposure, some of the statements said that, well, you know, people that are black and brown are exposed to more harsher chemicals anyway, because of the neighborhoods that they live in. So the makeup, it really isn't the point. What? I have no words because I'm literally like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Uh, but that's the same Which, thing. Like half of it wasn't even created by a woman for a woman in the first place. 
Yes. But it also like a statement like that, mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I, I don't listen. That's the world we live in. And because a lot of the things came, you think about the, think about the core things like, well, you think about cars and you think about makeup, but think about products that we've used for years and years and years and years. Some of them we still use you know, and so it's the same, it's the same technology and we're testing on the same things to make these things. And it's the same with certain foods and chemicals that we just, did you know that every single person like in the world has the like Teflon traces in their blood? It's permanent. Even newborn babies, like it's crossed the barrier. Did you? Well, I, I, yes. I mean, well, I didn't know specifically Teflon, but I mean, yeah. that's part of the thing too, is that, you know, I know that, you know, there's been for years and years, like what a woman, a woman can or cannot eat while she's pregnant. And it was like, oh, well, this will impact the baby. Yeah. Every single thing you do as a woman who is pregnant, you have, well, you should just stay in a little box that's right. made of natural things that haven't been harmed by pesticides or like, it, like there's no way that you cannot pass chemicals into the blood of your child. And it's just like, eesh. well, you think about something that's basic. Like we have to keep, when you think about it, one of the things, like when I was pregnant, that you weren't allowed to have tuna fish because there was mercury and you think, wait, but then should I just not be eating tuna fish ever? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Wait, so it's okay for me. I don't get it. Like what's the toxicity <laughs> and they do it with a lot of the trials. Like you're talking about the testing on the crash system. It's the same with medications and legit in some situations, it's like, okay, our bodies are the same, but in some ways they're not men and women's bodies are different. The chemicals, the regular chemicals are different. So, yeah, I mean, I think we can move from crash test dummies to exactly what you're just talking about. It's kind of the medical trials. And, you know, some of the research that I've done is really around the, how clinical trials are set up for men. And there have been not a lot of regulations and this is across the globe. This is not just the U S this is across the globe where there haven't been requirements for clinical trials to include women to include people of color, to include different, you know, again, different dimensions that do impact your actual blood and do impact your DNA and different things along those lines that we know is different and how that actually impacts how you receive medical, medical attention or how, you know, how medications will impact you. And that's one of the biggest things. And, and nobody knows this stuff. And that's the part that's also really scary to me, at least like, as I read more about it after reading the book there's so many clinical trials where all they have done is test these things on mice and men. And I know <laughs> that's a, a book, book of mice and men, <laughs> but that's not how we should think about clinical trials. Just FYI, if you did not know. Um, and so it's just one of those things that, you know, as we, you know, do research on the research of how clinical trials are done, it's not, it's not great. And, and so there are so many things that, you know, they'll test something on men and throw it out the window and go, yeah, that didn't work, but we have no idea if maybe that would work for a woman or a person of color or whatever it might be. And we know that there are certain diseases that are more prevalent in different communities. So we need to be doing the clinical trials on everyone, not just on, 
white males. Well, I was looking at this guy too. He was looking, he's a, there's a guy on YouTube and I'll put his information in the show notes, but he, um, is a gastrointestinal doctor. And, uh, some of the things that he was talking about of all these different symptoms, like there's a difference. Um, there's like a, a flap in the esophagus that has more force in women than it does with men. So, women tend to produce less acid than men, but then they were talking about the ulcers and different things that happen that are naturally occurring that were told as a symptom is really for men and not as much as women. And if you actually have it as a woman, it's really bad because mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Like, it, it, so we're just not, I know it's gonna take a long time to get all of the information corrected, but there's there's so many spaces that, that especially given that we know the hit, that we don't get a full range of history. We don't get that, especially in the United States. I don't know. I can only speak to the United States. I don't know what it's like in other places. Um, we're not getting all of the information from the Food and Drug Administration. We're not getting all the information of poisons and how we metabolize things. And it's like, we're going to have to do our own research for a lot of things, especially if you feel like you are um, like if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle and it's, it's sad to think that there are things that we are doing the right way because it was presented incorrectly. Well, and, and I will use, um, <laughs> someone I know who shall remain nameless. And I swear to you that they get all of their medical information off of Facebook. And what I mean by that is we've all seen like, oh, well, Hey, you know, the, Hey, Oreos have plastic in them Mm -hmm. or, you know, these different, just completely bananas concepts that someone thought of and put on, on Facebook. And um, obviously we know about all of the misinformation going on, on all social media platforms, but there is just that, you know, when, to your point, when you have something wrong with you and, and we know historically, and we know this is even happening today where. Um, a person of color will go into a hospital or to a doctor's office and it's, oh, you're overreacting or, you know, uh, black women have more resiliency to pain or things like that, that there are these assumptions. It's because they've never been around or um, they've never had exposure to the impacts of these different things on women of color or just people of color in general. And so there, again, it's like in medical school, all they're being taught is the response that would happen in a male, a white male. And so there's also that factor that keeps coming up again and again and again. And, you know, I, I can remember, I mean, my dad was one of these people where he never wanted to go to the doctor. He did not want to have anything to do with it. And that's like an old school, you know, mentality that we know that generation that was kind of the, um, I guess now would be considered like the baby boomers, et cetera. Um, but I think it's like, again, much, much worse if you're a person of color, because it's not just, Hey, I don't want to go to the doctor because it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. And you know, it's, it makes me feel awkward or whatever, but it's also the, I could die because they're going to tell me the wrong stuff. That's Mm -hmm. what happened with my freaking tooth. If you remember, I don't know if I talked about it. So quick, interesting story. So I went to the doctor and my blood pressure at one point was really, really high. And later yada 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 to found out it was my gallbladder um and then later my blood pressure started to spike so I told the doctor we need to look at something else because the last time that my blood pressure 
spiked, it was a symptom of something else. Like, you know, oh, well, your numbers have been this and you've had high blood pressure. And I was like, yeah, but it's kind of regulated itself. Um, we've reduced the medication and now it's spiking and there hasn't been any changes, which pisses me off because why am I trying to be medical MD, right? <laughs> so I'm like, um, no, I think you need to check for something else. He doesn't check for something else. So I go to the dentist because at one point somebody said, um, told me, my dentist told me that plaque and things in your mouth can lead is like go straight to your blood stream mm -hmm. and straight to your heart. So you have to check those things the last time. So I go to my dentist and I have like a fistula that has grown a canal in my gum that has caused a root canal that I had no idea that has been there for years. And I would have continued not knowing that it was there. And then we fixed it and then my blood pressure regulated itself and he was like oh i guess you know your body better and that's what i almost like and who was going to get in trouble when i punched the doctor in the face right <laughs> when you slap someone upside the head it's I mean, hard I, but, I mean am i justified in that but the whole thing is like that's what you have to do as a person of color you i i am expecting unless you get the right doctor i'm expecting you to get it wrong Mm -hmm. that potentially that I'm going to have to get a second or third opinion if it's something major or I'm going to have to go around and find those things. And it's also because of the status of how our primary physicians have to operate here versus in other countries. Yeah. And I think, yes, I think we all know, I mean, insurance companies and just the, that whole is another level of pharmacology oh my gosh yeah like insanity that we know it's like just take this pill and it'll go away and and a lot of times that's not the case the jim stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives brain-to-brain -brain communication robot bosses microchip implants for workers and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now if you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. And so I think, and tell me if this is how you approach stuff. I actually will go if there is something that I feel like something's wrong or I'm, you know, something's not right in my body. I'll start looking it up and I don't mean looking it up on like WebMD, but I'll, I'll, I'll start to just dig in on, Hey, is there something that I should be thinking about here? Or, or is there something that I should have checked out? But I also know if I go to the doctor and have something checked out, they'll take me seriously. And I don't like, I mean, the story you just told is a great example of no, no, Jackie, it's not that big deal. Everything's fine. 
how is that, how is that great medical care? It's not. And you know, the, what is that Hippocratic oath? Do no harm. <laughs> yeah. Do no right. harm. Is that what it's called? It's yeah. called the Hippocratic. Okay. I was like, that is the right thing. Right? But I'm like the hypocritic. It's the hypocritic. Yeah. Thing. It lies. It's all lies. Lies. Um, you are on a mountain of lies. Yes. But there are over hundreds of medications that have different impacts on men versus women. Yeah. And, and so there's also like, there is this piece of, you know, if you're given a medication and it's not working, asking why, like really in questioning why, and, and I think there's also this, we are so quick or we are, uh, groomed is, I don't know a better word to go. Okay. Doctor, whatever you say, and just keep going on with our lives. And because of that, we have different issues that pop up, but also if a, if a doctor prescribes a certain medication, we're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. But then you have to like step back and go, well, I now have to even question that like, okay, well, is he prescribing this? Cause I really need it. And I don't know why I'm saying he, because my doctor's a female, is she prescribing this because, um, I actually need it or because this is something that, you know, they're trying to sell because some pharmaceutical sales rep came in and told them this is the best of the best for whatever. Um, well, I had a doctor that said to me like, oh, I'm going to start giving you medicine for high cholesterol. I was like, I don't have high cholesterol. And it's like, oh, well, maybe I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not the way this works. No, you might at some point in the future, Next. you may have. Yeah. Thank you. But I think Next. it's also like the, um, so Ambien is a great example. Ambien is one of the drugs that has been kind of highlighted as the prescriptions and the way that it was tested again was on men. And so women, because of their metabolic rates of processing drugs and all these different things have had major impacts on women's health and on, you know, depression, anti-anxiety, all of these other things, because if you're taking a dosage that's similar to what you should be taking, or that was, you know, said, this is how that you should take it, this dosage, it doesn't work the same on women. And so women are having all of these issues because it takes longer for drugs to work through the blood. And, and so it's just, there's a lot of different things that we now know, but also there's so many things we don't know. And so many drugs that are just not right for women or not right for women of color. And you have to do your research, but it's also scary because half the time when you're doing the research, you're like, oh, well, these medical professionals said, this is the greatest thing ever. But then looking at, okay, what was the clinical trial? How many people were represented? All these different things, which sounds bananas to actually have to think about because like one more person we have to question, are they telling the truth? Do they actually know what they're talking about? And it is frustrating because these are people that we're supposed to trust and we're supposed to go, oh yeah, they know what they're talking about. When in fact they might not because they haven't been taught or haven't looked at it themselves. Absolutely. And- I'm about to blow your mind. You know why this has to go with work? Because offices were not made for women. Case in point, temperatures in offices is regulated towards men's bodies, not women's Mm -hmm. bodies, even though, you know, me personally, I'm always hot. So maybe I'm not a good example. However, that's why so many women are freezing in the office. It's calibrated office comfort. In general, what we think of the right temperature being is is 
structured for the men, which we know have a different rate of heat than women mm -hmm. do. And yeah. desks and chairs and the right, they, all of that was made all of it. for men, by men. So wouldn't it be something as we both adjust ourselves in our uncomfortable men chairs. Yeah, I'm like, let me sit up. <laughs> like, maybe I need a new chair. Um, <laughs> but wouldn't it be something if this whole great exodus of people leaving the office and forcing companies to let them work at home means an increase in women in power and leadership when we don't have, when the club has been dispersed? Wouldn't that be something? It would be, but I also think that the part that's scary is the part that actually more women have stepped back in their careers, which I think we've talked about on, on previous episodes because of COVID. Right. And so we're actually seeing a whole group of women who are falling out of the leadership ranks versus coming in. And I mean, all of the um, progress that companies have made or have tried to make is actually kind of dropped again because women have been forced to step back for whatever reason around COVID. Um, but yeah, you hope that like, okay, now recruiters, now companies are going, how can we bring more women back into the fold and put them into positions of power in organizations so they can turn up the temperature? <laughs> the end. The end. Well, it's interesting because um. Going moving forward, when you think about that, some there are a lot of women that have been pulling back, but I think companies are trying to give greater opportunities for people being at home. I don't think so. I think people are going to be making that shift. Um, most recently, I found it fascinating that they had like I think it's four million people quit their jobs in April. Um, they didn't file for unemployment, these aren't people that were unemployed, these are people that quit their job, and we have a high level of unemployment, a high level of people quitting their job, a high level of jobs that are going to still remain open because people are like, I'm just not doing that. And mm -hmm. so there are organizations that are trying to make it more equitable and trying to figure out how we can do this because you can't perform at your best if you don't feel safe or you don't feel like your children are safe or if you feel like something is left undone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's the point. Um, that has been happening. And I don't know what's going to happen like next year. You know, now it's the summer as we go into the workforce, kids just being one aspect of it. But I it explained to someone else, it was the article that I saw where someone said, I don't want to go back to feeling like I'm the only Black woman at the office again, which was pretty deep. That's a pretty deep thing to say. I've worked at home and maybe that's why I've been so blah about it. Cause I've worked at home for such a long time that it's my safe space. If I had to leave my safe space, I might feel differently. Yeah. Well, and I think there, yes. And I think there's also, <laughs> let me, Very let me get my improv, that improv was skills really back. I mean, I'm proud mm -hmm. of you. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think there's also this piece where it's the, why do people feel this way? And also, I don't know about you. And I, I think my clients right now probably are afraid of me a little bit because I, my memory, my ability to stay on task and some of these other things have been so impacted. And it's like the, I don't feel like there's any unplug. 
Cause even when the weekend is here and we are unplugging, there's still like this overwhelming stress of like going places and wondering if people, you know, are sick or might be sick or all of these other things. Right. And so there's almost like this low level anxiety that's constant. And then again, I'm going to say this as a white woman, there's also the, if I feel this way, I can only imagine what it is like for people of color, because my stress is over some of the things with COVID and just work generally and feeling like I just have to do more and more and more. I don't have the fear, anxiety, all of these other things that come with being a person of color. Yeah. So there's also that, and, and that's not to be like, oh, so mine is less than, or yours is more than, or whatever it might be. It's more just a, holy crap. Like we need to be cognizant that of that as a human race with each yeah. other. Cause I don't think we are, I don't think we're acknowledging the fact that like, this is hard on everyone yeah, and especially on people of color, but also like, there's just so many things that are impacting all of us that we're just exhausted. Yes. That we talked about that casually last week. I don't, we were having just a regular, just so y'all know we're friends. I found out this week that a lot of people who do podcasts together don't hang out. Like they save it for the podcast. That's just not the case for me and Katie. Um, we should how record are you supposed to, like, how are you supposed to do a podcast? If you like, aren't hanging out together and going on wine know. weekends, I, I don't know. That'll be fun. Live from Napa Valley. Yeah, we should record after we've gone to one or two of the vineyards just to, so for those of you, just to catch y'all up, just to catch y'all up, we're going to uh, San Francisco and uh, San Francisco and uh, Napa Valley uh, in a couple weeks. Yes. Um, And, and that is a, we're calling it a team building. Yeah. Team building to the IRS. if they're The team of inclusive AF podcast will be having a retreat <laughs> we're gonna make our own shirts for the weekend <laughs> a it's gonna be great retreat inclusive slash. af in napa i'm working on it right now um wait for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will I think it'll be fun but it's like we also don't realize the conditions where people live in various places like you know it just makes you think uh, like who is putting out all of those things saying hybrid work isn't going to be a good choice and people need to get, we're not. So I hope we learned a little bit in the last like 18 months that you really have to go a step further and say, who is this coming from? When you're reading reports that are saying men, this women, this black people, this white people, this, you have to look and see where all of these things are coming from to see if that has any impact or bias affecting in the way that you read and watch. Um, and the and how you see yourself is very important to see if how you see yourself is being dictated by somebody else. Um, like, oh, I'm awesome and all my friends say I'm awesome. Wait, they're all, you know, white women who are like 25 years old. Maybe that doesn't really relate to me. Like maybe I need to look and see what's going on with me in my community, with the people that I interact with, instead of going on TikTok to figure out how I'm supposed to feel. Cause there's a lot of media saying, telling us how we're supposed to feel. It's um, I think that there's also this, you know, the trusting your gut piece, I think we've thrown out the window and, you know, not to take this completely back to the medical piece, but I think, yeah, exactly what you're saying of sit down and think logically about what you're hearing and 
and go, is this accurate? Is this actually what the deal is? Or is this, is this real or not? And like really looking inside yourself, because I think there's so many things that we're seeing right now with the media, with the politicians, with all these different things that are like, really, is this really what is happening? And, and there's so much, um, what is it called? Like distraction, but like the don't look over here, look over here kind of thing that is, you know, it's the, we're going to get in a fight between the Democrats and the, the Republicans over whatever stupid thing we can come up with versus, I don't know, doing their freaking jobs. Um, but I, I think there's that to your point, the TikTok, TikTok and some of these other, where you're seeing this stuff and you're like, wait, what is that real? Like, is that happening? And we can't even like judge for ourselves. You can't, it used to be, there was a time when in order to get on television, you had to be smart or at least a perception of smart. Now you can be anyone. You can get an audience anywhere with anything and be mediocre at best. And you have other people saying, yeah, that's my kind of mediocrity. And then they all just kind of like have this cult following of like weird stuff that doesn't make sense or doesn't doesn't relate. And depending on when you get online and what you um, what you put into yourself to like get those messages, what messages you're putting in, you can get really confused. I, and that's yeah. why I'm really starting to, to to vibe on the Black News Channel because it's granted it is what people I think would think is a little bit more liberal, but it's not. Like it's like when you talk about a topic, they generally will talk about a topic and they'll bring people on relating to the various topic. And there's been a lot of times when it's really just been a discussion on how it affects the Black community, conservative or liberal, regardless. You know, it's just. This is what's happening, like literally what's happening within the community, where I don't think some groups don't see that. Like, this is how it's making an impact in these community, in black communities. These are the impacts that we're seeing, or these are the things you can look for, like as far as voting. Because some people are saying like, oh, this isn't affecting me. This is affecting this neighborhood. And, mm -hmm. and is it affecting me? And what are we doing in order to get it right? Um, but we have to do self-care as far as what we're, what we're ingesting. Yes. And there's also this piece of like the out, the outrage, like the, the, um, like fake outrage. And I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. I'm not using the right language, but like this whole idea of creating something out of nothing, like we're going to be mad because, you know, this happened or that happened. And you're like, Okay, do we need to be mad about that? Or is there actually real <laughs> stuff we should be worried about? Is there about? a like, real story you're talking about? Right. Um, yes, but I am not ready to talk about it. Um, but like the like <laughs> getting mad about like I'm trying to think of a good example right now. Um, and I, I was gonna say Britney Spears, but that's not a good example. Like just the like amount of attention we pay to things that it's like. Is that actually an issue or are people just like up in arms because they could be up in arms? Like critical race theory. Let's use that one. Cause I like to talk about that one. You do. <laughs> the, the fact that people are like up in arms about critical race theory and you're like, what is the issue? And, and I think there's just like, we've, we've allowed politicians, we've allowed different people to create something 
out of nothing. And you're like, well, we don't need to do that. It's really just like, let's be accurate in our historical context, the end. Um, but I also, I, I don't know, there's, I can't think of another good example, but it's just the, the fake outrage or the creating, we should be mad about this when we really shouldn't. Well, I think and they tried it, like you were saying earlier, distract, distract you from other things that are really going on within the world. Mm -hmm. Um, that isn't getting that people aren't paying attention to. And I think we saw a lot of that in the last administration where we were talking about things and we're like, wait, what is that? What is going on? You know, what's happening? Good news and bad news. That's not getting shared mm -hmm. amongst the whole, you know, everyone. So we're just oh. getting like half news. Yeah. Well, like, and I'll go cancel culture is another one of those that it's the, let's be so outraged that we're actually holding people accountable when it's like, no, they're just being held accountable. That's all like, yeah. you know, I think, and everyone's allowed their opinion and they're allowed to vote with their wallets and they're allowed to make choices, whatever those choices are. And, and that's okay. Holding people accountable is actually right. And we should do that. So well, I'm, anyways, I'm looking, I just looked up fake outrage to Google it just to see Thank what you. would come out. Fake outrage. That's yeah. Yes. And what, what came up? So came the up. first thing that came up is let me break down all the fake outrage about critical race theory that you said. Um, it's not a particularly pithy sounding phrase, yet it is a catchphrase along the lines of states rights. We hear propaganda to make white people feel bad and label them all as racists. That's what people think that they're hearing. This is from the Chicago Sun-Times um, without explaining exactly what it is. And so people get, because critical race theory is not DEI work, right? It's mm -hmm. not about making people, you know, doing that type of work of explaining where we are. It's just letting people know. But what they are saying, the fake outrage is that they're saying, oh, all white people feel bad and we're going to call them all racist instead of saying, hey, you know, we really need to talk about our textbooks and how that they're labeled incorrectly and what's happening. It's kind of, I think that's part when you're talking about the critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And also the whole like toxically um, optimistic and to toxic um, happiness, which we have around people where like, we're all great and wonderful um, is what people want to have happen. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, and it's also, this is the other piece that I'm going to throw out there is all of these people that are fighting, it's literally, this is a platform they can use to be elected, or this is a platform they can use to create some noise around something that there's no there there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's also that part that I'm like, huh? And so like, but it also is like, let's dumb things down. So no one has to think critically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, so that's what we want in our schools. We want our kids to be so stupid that they can't actually read a book or and make a decision about something and go, wow, you know what? Slavery was bad and we shouldn't do that again. Yes. Or the Holocaust was horrific and we shouldn't you know, we should really be thoughtful about that and be aware of it. Like yes. all of those things that like, it's these historical events that you're like, why would we, I'm sorry, what? We wouldn't want people to know that? Like, that's just, 
very bananas to me. Although I will tell you one funny thing, one funny comment. Um, my cousin who has different views than I have, we'll say. Okay. Um, and I actually kind of want to find the exact post cause it was, I so badly had to like check myself and not say anything. Um, hold please. I need to find it. You can continue on this topic. My apologies that this is going to take me just a moment. Um, <laughs> well, find it, go for it, find it. No, but I'm doing it. I think it's, I think, um, we do have the, I, the sad part is that for some reason, I think people thought they were going to be able to chill a little bit. Um, when we had a new administration and we, and we can't, there are, you have to be more vigilant and make sure that we're protecting ourselves and others. I think that kind of sucks as we go through this piece and looking to see exactly what are we being taught and what are we teaching others? I mean, we can't have a good future if we're not sharing, um, we're not making a change and it's going to have to start there with giving people the information. I just found mm -hmm. out because I didn't know this, like you talked, you brought up the Holocaust briefly, but I just found out that black people in these places were sterilized during the Holocaust to not procreate. Didn't know that it's something else that's just missing from the book. P.S. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so, so much. Um, so the post is two uh, gentlemen in uniform, um, clearly from, I'm going to guess civil war slash yeah. Civil war time. And the comment is history is not there for you to like, or dislike it is there for you to learn from it. And if it offends you even better, because then you are less likely to repeat it. It's not yours to erase or destroy. So he was from the perspective of, we shouldn't be tearing down these monuments of Robert E. Lee. I wanted to comment so badly and be like, oh, so you get what critical so race theory is. Critical race theory. But no? and that's why I, I that's what I've been stuck on too. Cause that's right. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we erasing history? It's so amazing. But you want to erase amazing. But the fact that somebody literally is saying, and sorry, I'm walking because my dog is scratching on the back door. But oh, people are literally sense. saying, by the way, we want to lie about what the future is or what the past really is. We want to lie about it. We would rather do that than teach it because it's going to make white people look bad. Only people making white people look bad is white people. Well, and it's also, it's if like, you're, what are you yeah. talking about? I know that there's this whole concept like, oh, it's going to make children feel bad about being white. No, it's not. It's going to tell no, them that, that give them an opportunity to, to be better. better. Right. Like we didn't learn about, I mean, I'm, I'm German and I didn't learn about the Holocaust and go, I am a horrible person. I went, wow, that was horrible. And we never should have done that. That never should have occurred in history. Now I'm like, when you know better, you do better. You know, when you know, that's what Maya Angelou said. When you know better, you do better. And yeah. I believe it. I mean, I lived in Florida. I didn't feel bad every time something happens from a Floridian every day. You don't say, oh my God, I should. For realsies. I mean, well, maybe a little bit. Florida's Florida a whole other. Yeah, Florida's a whole other. Yeah, right now, <laughs> Texas. Yeah, I'd worry more yeah. about Texas right now than Florida, Correct. to be honest. Yeah. Um, Arizona's not doing real great either. P.S. I just listen. <laughs> listen, we're still counting votes. You know, we're very busy over here. 
my word. Lord have mercy. But the point yeah. is, the world wasn't created for us. It wasn't created in a way for us to even ingest all of the information. So we're keeping people dumb and keeping people toxic. And so it's going to be, you know. Very 1984 situation. Or 19, is it 1984? The book? Is it? Yeah, the book. It's 1984. 1984. No. It 1984. is 1984. Okay. Um, like, that's what we're creating. We're creating this, like, don't talk about it. Don't think anything other than what we tell you to think. And it's and in the record. Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part like literally you don't want a, a statue mark rubio that's obvious oh my gosh it's mm -mm. so bananas yeah i called him okay off. so ma'am <laughs> sorry we just went way left there for a minute but sorry. it goes sorry. back to what we were talking about of just hey have we actually thought about the fact that we should be doing um looking at different things when we are doing medical testing, when we're doing testing on different things to actually be inclusive of all humans and to make sure that we're actually protecting folks across the board, not just the white male and, and making sure that we're creating things for people other than just that one group of individuals that are inclusive AF. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See, it all comes together for full circle. Inclusive <laughs> there we AF. go. There we go. Um, anyhow. All right, my friend. Um, yes. So the thing to keep in mind or my one thing that I learned this episode or that I am going to dig in more on is really just around, again, medical testing and just testing. And I, I know that there is probably a list of all the things that were, you know, not created for women and not created for people of color. But it is just once you start kind of pulling it apart and looking at stuff, you're like, well, wait a minute. If I have a heart attack, I'm not even going to know because I think having a heart attack means my left arm goes numb and I have pains in my chest. Not so folks, not no. so. Mm -mm. Um, what'd you learn? Or what well, would you I, like to point out for folks? I am going to do a better job of when I read information, just make a little note on what I know about that person. Is it a male or female? Do they live in the North and South? Do they have political aspirations before I decide that this is an article that I'm going to use as a reference guide? Because I use lots mm -hmm. of resources and, and I, mm -hmm. I haven't thought about it because I feel like the next battle that we are going into will be regarding going back to work or staying um, at home. I feel like that's going to be the new um, inclusive group that we have to bring in. And I think it's also one of the things that can make um, diversity possible is by opening that up and by closing it and seeing if that if that's some weird agenda in order to benefit one particular group, which I feel like it is, namely men more than women, just because of what we know historically about taking care of them. So I'm just gonna be looking at that so that maybe we can talk more about that realistically so that we can be champions of positive change. Boom. And there you have it. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And if you like us or what we're saying, go ahead and give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Um, we love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, comments, anything else, please feel free to reach out to us at info at inclusiveafpodcast.com. Bye. Bye. Ooh, loving it.
do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.